tell you I, I want us to do that tonight could we could we go into the word of God this evening and we literally pray a prayer where we ask the spirit of the living God to break down barriers and he began to break down things that are trying to stand in the way and trying to hinder and trying to stifle and overcome tonight I'm going to preach for a few moments on the word power tonight I just feel a leading to preach on power this evening. But I want us to pray that prayer before we break the bread of life, before we get into the message. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you, God, I ask you, Lord, humbly, that the Holy Spirit would begin to move and intervene and have his way and move in whatever form and fashion he desire, God. Lord, I, I pray, God, that those who have come in with weight and burden upon their minds, that the burdens would be lifted in Jesus' name. If you're carrying a burden, let's take that a step further. If you're carrying a burden, why don't you lift up both hands to heaven right now? Lift up both hands right now. In Jesus' name, it's a sign symbolic saying we lift it up, God. We break it loose, Lord. We break loose of our burdens and we worship you through the struggling and the pain in the most holy and mighty name of Jesus Christ. We glorify you, God. Oh, we glorify. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Amen. It kind of makes sense to me what some of the old school preachers used to say. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Anybody know what they're talking about right now? Amen. Do you love Jesus Christ this evening, saints? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. How, what, a, what an awesome night. What a powerful night. What a great place to be. Did you have a good dinner tonight? Amen. Amen. So I'm, I'm so glad that there was somewhere. You know what? I can't make that joke because you can now get McDonald's or get breakfast at McDonald's at just about every hour. So I can't say, though it's after 1030 in the morning, we knew where to get a good sausage biscuit from. Amen. So we had a great time. Thank you for that team for helping, uh, helping out uh, and making that wonderful time of fellowship possible. Amen. We deeply love and appreciate every single one of you tonight. Praise God. I hope Memorial Day was good. hope everybody was able to get out on the boats. Go fishing, go picnicking, go walking. My wife and I went to the grocery store. That's what we did on Memorial Day. We went to the grocery store. Amen, 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 amen. Let me tell you something right now. You better praise your provider. 
Can I just say that for a second? You better praise your provider because even in the midst where stuff is so sky high, my wife was looking at a carton of eggs at Aldi. She goes, do you realize that these literally six months ago were less than a dollar? Now they're over $2 for a dozen of them. But let me tell you, even in the midst of economic turmoil, there is still a Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Oh, praise God. You, you got something you can sing that the world cannot sing. You can rejoice. I mean, I'm ready to hear some reports about how some people begin kind of doing a little Holy Ghost jig in the middle of Aldi or in the middle of Walmart knowing that God's going to take care of them and God's going to meet their need. And I, I may sound a little cli cliche tonight, but the answer is not Washington, D.C. The answer is not Wall Street. The answer isn't any court. Corporation. The answer is Jesus Christ. Amen. And he's going to provide and he's going to meet needs. And I want to give a word of encouragement. I want to give a word of encouragement tonight. God is going to supply the need of gasoline in your cars when you get to church. Amen. God is going to meet that need. We have got people who come from, some come as far as maybe a 20 or 30 mile distance to get to church. You're going to see God's favor pour out upon you when you set your priorities straight and you say, no matter what, I'm going to go and assemble with the brothers and the sisters of the faith and I'm going to do what the Lord has intended me to do. The church was intended to be active and no church doesn't save you. These services don't save you, but they do strengthen you. And they do build you up and they are an imperative part of your spiritual walk with the Lord. Somebody say amen. And I'm going to say this, it's a bold statement. The Lord's going to meet your need to help you to get to the house of God. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. He's going to meet that need. When you, when you put God in your priorities and seek first the kingdom of heaven, all these things shall be added unto you. Maybe it's a season and time saying, do I really need that, that, that particular movie app on my television? Do I watch it enough to pay for it each and every month? Is there, is there, is there some kind of brand? Can I switch my branding a little bit at the, at the store? When you begin to put the kingdom of God in priority, all these things will be added unto you. Praise God. You might have to buy fruit uh, hoops instead of fruit loops. Amen. You might have to you might have to buy puff corn instead of corn pops, you know. You might you might have to find yourself uh uh buying the great value brand uh tortilla corn strips rather than Fritos. But when you seek God and you put him first and you make him your priority, he will bless you. Amen. Can you give the Lord a big shout of praise with a hand clap tonight? I just had to throw that little exhorting word in tonight. Amen. Let's get into the word of God if you would go with me. It is, it is an honor to get to stand here tonight and preach the word of God. Some of you probably looked at me and said, you out of your own mouth announced for weeks that Cindy would be preaching, but she had a scheduling conflict, so pastor asked me to go ahead and preach this evening. I do agree with Nerissa. 
please make plans to be with us Sunday with uh, Brother Bobby Lynch. Uh, uh, Dr. Bobby Lynch will be with us. And I, I look forward, I don't know what his plan for presentation will be. There might be some video presentation, might be some slide. He might have some books or some display that we can take a look at. But uh, having an international ministry uh, there in South America, and he, he, he has his hands in so much. And I'm looking forward to hearing the reports. I don't know about you, but I love hearing kingdom testimonies when missionaries come to preach at churches. I love hearing those radical salvation testimonies of the way the Holy Spirit is moving. So I really want to encourage you to come and pray and ask the Lord as to what he would have you give this Sunday. But if you would go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 7. I'm going to read through verse 10 tonight as a text. Second Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 7 through verse 10. Let's have the New King James Version Bible. I just feel a leading. I, when, when Pastor asked me to uh, preach tonight, I just, I just had the word power going through me. I, I had the word power going through me, and I'd like to just share and exhort tonight on the word power. It says, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it may depart from me. And he said to me, capital H, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Mm. Look, look at kind of the oxymoronic effect that's happening right there. Therefore, I'm going to boast in my infirmities. I'm going to boast in my needs. I'm going to boast in my attacks. I'm going to boast in my circumstance. I'm going to boast in my sickness, my financial need. I'm going to boast in all this stuff. Why? So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Verse 10. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. For whose sake? For Christ's sake. For when I am weak, when I am weak, then I am strong. Father, we thank you tonight for the truth of your word. We thank you tonight for the power of your word. I pray, God, that as your messenger, you would use me to preach the word with boldness and, and, and with a clarity. And uh, I pray tonight that the Holy Spirit would speak to all of our hearts this evening. I thank you, God, for the dedication and the faithfulness of this beautiful congregation I'm preaching to tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen.
I swore many years ago, I swore many years ago, promised myself, I should say, I made a promise to myself because I had the opportunity to listen to uh, a certain sector of Pentecostal preachers as a young boy. I made a, pr a promise to myself that I would not stand behind a pulpit and with this air of almost arrogance and heaviness start pounding the pulpit and preach on every problem there is within the church. I made a promise to myself that I would not talk about the, the problems or, or, or the, the situations of the church. Um, I'm not trying to harp on anybody, but I, I ran into an absolute funny situation. Okay, I was flipping the channels getting ready several years ago uh, for, for church, and I ran across this certain brother who had a television program. And I know without a doubt what he was talking to talking about. He was talking in regards to women in ministry and certain certain uh, I'll say it legalistic convictions that he pastored his church with. Okay, he was kind of preaching on that, but he cracked me up like you wouldn't say, like you would not believe, because I didn't catch the part where he was talking about women. I literally only caught this certain brother pastor saying, anybody who stands in my pulpit will be in a skirt or a dress. I didn't catch the part that he was talking about women in ministry, but <laughs> he said it all. He preaching his guts out saying, anybody who stands in my pulpit will be wearing a skirt or a dress. And I wanted to say, well, brother, you're breaking your own rule right now. Amen. Amen. So it all matters on where, the, where, where you're going to flip the channel. But I'm going to say something tonight and try not to be one of those doom, doom and gloom type preachers. There is right now somewhat of a problem or a situation within the church, and I'll tell you what it is. We have taken all the evil and the corruption and all the sin that is happening, and we have literally begun to put a face upon that enemy. We have put a face of flesh upon the enmity that we are facing right now in the year 2022. And we tried to handle things through the hands and the minds of man. We try to look at things as though we can handle them through through who we elect or through who we believe in or who we write to or who we put in position or who we put into power or we think it's a matter of, of doing these certain man-made actions. We instantaneously, when something evil happens, we start preaching about the various laws of man that need to take effect in order to take care of all the evil that is happening. Honey, I want to tell you something right now. You can have man-made laws from here to Mississippi and it ain't going to change one blessed thing. There's only one hope for all the evil of this world, and his name is Jesus Christ. I don't know why I want to say that, and I know it sounds cliche, but there's only one particular hope for this world, and his name is Jesus Christ. And I'm going to say it, it's Jesus Christ and his power and his authority. Oh, if there's ever a time where the church of Jesus Christ needs to have a revelation, it's right now in his power and in his authority. 
I'm going to take a second right now and pause, and I hope I don't get anybody mad or upset, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. You can have your little weak, sissified Jesus all you want. Jesus was not just one who, yes, he was loving. Yes, he had a soft demeanor, but you can have that soft demeanor only Jesus. I want a Jesus who stands in might, power, and authority. Can I remind you that the same Jesus Jesus who said let the little children come unto me the same Jesus who had the, the, the harlot woman uh, uh, who, who had people in harlotry and sin and he was acting in this loving nurturing and caring way is the same Jesus that demoniacs would come and, and fall at his feet begging for mercy of it, there is an authority in Jesus Christ and the one who is at the root of all this evil and disgusting nature of this earth. His name is Satan. He is afraid of Jesus. Get back to the revelation to where we understand that there is a name that which is above every name. There's an authority over all of this. Hallelujah. There's an authority, there's a power that overcomes the prerogative of the evil one. Can I be truthful with you? This week when we, when we have watched the news, some of us have instantaneously, we, we begin to do this shoulda, coulda, woulda thing. We do this, well, this should have happened and that should have happened and some of us are mad at this one and some of us are mad at that one. Can I tell you, I am not mad at anybody right now but the devil. I'm not mad at anybody right now but the devil. I'm not upset, frustrated with anybody but the devil. And truth be told, it is only his plan and his prerogative and his design and his thought process that is causing such things to happen here on this earth. Church, let me say it again. Please do not put a fleshly face on your enemy. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against the things of this world and things of the flesh. We are, our fight and our battle is spiritual. So the apostle Paul is here and he is writing these verses of scripture here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and beginning in verse 7, he makes this comment and says, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation... A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. So in other words, the apostle Paul, he's, he, he's writing this, talking about this, this, this thorn in the flesh. And, and it's almost like this thorn had a purpose. This thorn had a purpose to kind of keep things in alignment and keep things in check. You ever had something that kept you in check? You ever had something that kept you humble? I, I tell you, ain't nothing 
more humbling than trying on an article of clothing and not looking at yourself in a full-length mirror. There isn't anything that will keep you in check than that of trying on clothing and say, oh, it feels good. It, 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 it goes over all the peaks and valleys and all the, and all the dips and all the, and all the dimples. And, you know, it goes over. It, it fits over all that. Then all of a sudden you see yourself on a Facebook Live and you're like, Lord, have mercy. I look like a busted can of biscuits. There ain't nothing more humbling. Oh my. You try being Pentecostal and watching yourself on Facebook Live. You try being a wiry Pentecostal preacher and watch yourself on, on Facebook Live. My God, I, I watch videos of myself, Calvin, and I'm like, good Lord, if Grimace from McDonald's got the Holy Ghost, it would be me. There is nothing that will humble you more than watching yourself on video speak and preach that of a Pentecostal nature and a Pentecostal style. The apostle Paul had this certain attack. He said, I tell you, I was facing the attack, but there was something with this attack. It kept me into, in a certain alignment. It kept my mind in a certain place and didn't let my arrogance and pride have a tendency to rise up. I'll tell you something about talent. You can have talent on this platform and it be no different than somebody who's trying to make it in a club in Nashville, Tennessee. And the spirituality be absolutely no different. Honey, there's a need for Jesus to keep us buffeted. But see, what begins to happen in these verses of Scripture is the Apostle Paul makes reference to this thorn of the flesh. You know what's interesting about thorns? Thorns are small. And one particular thorn, he didn't even say thorns, he didn't even say, he didn't say this massive amount, the, these cuts and these wounds that he had, but no, he said this thorn in the flesh. Thorns are small, but they're nagging. But if you ignore a thorn in the flesh, that thorn remains in your skin. And that foreign object that's in your skin begins to get infected, doesn't it? And see, infection itself can start off small and minuscule. But if you don't do anything about it, it begins to grow and expand. There are people who have to be hospitalized just because they ignored a small infection and it began to grow and begin to flow throughout their whole bloodstream because they didn't take care of it when it was at just a small place. So the Apostle Paul is writing in these verses of Scripture saying, I had this thorn of the flesh, but when I prayed about it, the response wasn't from the Lord, okay, I'm going to take it away from you. I'm going to take it away from you. 
I'm going to free you of it. I'm going to deliver you from it. No, he said, the Lord responded and said, what? My grace is sufficient. That as opposed to me directly pulling the thorn away from you, I'm going to reveal unto you that in my name you can overcome the thorn. Hallelujah. You can overcome the thorn in the flesh that is trying to dig deep in and trying to remind you of attacks and trying to keep you buffeted. Honey, Jesus has no prerogative whatsoever to destroy you. He wants to build you up. And the stuff that is bothering you and prying at you and attacking you, his purpose and his plan is to build you up with it. Praise God. But the thorn in the flesh, he, he, said, he said, my grace is sufficient. My favor is sufficient for you. In other words, honey, get your mind off of the thing that's nagging you. Turn toward me and you will see just how much favor I pour onto you. Oh, you know, those, those little nagging things that have a tendency to tear, to tear people down and, and to destroy us. You know that? The feuds that begin to grow and expand. And, and, and see what happens is, is the devil starts things out with just a little commercial in our mind. A little commercial. This message is brought to you by the person you don't like that you go to church with. And then all of a sudden that commercial begins to be a half hour program. And then that half hour program turns into a full length movie and that full length movie turns into a trilogy. Can I just encourage somebody tonight to realize Take care of the thorn before it overtakes you. Be set free and delivered from the thorn and don't let the infection begin to settle in and take over. He says, I pleaded with the Lord that it might depart from me and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So what's happening here, the great apostle Paul is being transparent about a, a flesh moment that he has. A battle within the flesh that he's facing. We, we all have those, 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 those downfalls. Truth be told, I love the Apostle Paul's writings and his teachings, but I read his teachings and writings as there's one thing I can say, I could probably never be the man's armor bearer. Could you imagine the meticulousness and the particularness he would have about things and stuff like that? And then the, the certain downfalls. Some of us were overly compulsive. I won't make you raise your hand. You, you know what I'm talking about. Some, some of y'all, this would drive you nuts. Sometimes it's sometimes it's it's a lack of organization that's our downfall. Sometimes it's but but 
but, but let, let me bring it home for just a second. It's past experiences that are a downfall to us. Things that we have yet to battle about in the prayer room and believe God for and forgive and walk away from. Things, things that uh, entitlement spirits that have a tendency to be a downfall. But what the apostle Paul here, revelation he's sharing, is when we deplete in the flesh, that's when God's spirit can take over. And in power, when we begin to get out of the way, the Holy Ghost begins to take over and take control. Amen. And so the Apostle Paul kind of flips the switch on this. He finishes up this passage by saying, Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When the flesh gets out of the way, the strength and power and might of Jesus begin to take over. I mean, sometimes maybe we just need to look at ourselves in the mirror in the morning and say, get out of Jesus' way. I mean, just get out of Jesus' way. Get your thoughts out of his way. Get your thinkings out of his way. Get your past out of his way. And just let him completely and totally take over. Because what happens with me is I have a fleshly perspective. I have a fleshly outcome outlook therefore I'm going to have a fleshly outcome but when I just give in to Jesus Christ and I begin to put to death thoughts and thinkings that deplete me and wound me and, and kill me and overtake me but I let the Holy Ghost take over I'm going to see his mighty hand move in my life hallelujah hallelujah it's through his power and through his authority that we overcome the things that try to cause an infestation and an infection that could very well lead to our destructions. Overcoming with the favor and the blessings and the promise of God. I want us to go tonight to another passage of Scripture for just a few short moments. I wonder if we could go over to the Gospel of Luke chapter 8. Starting at verse 43 through verse 48. It's a common miracle here. Depletion. Depletion will lead to fruition. The, 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 the depletion, the decreasing and the saying, God, I want I want to just get out of the way of what you want to do with my life. And I understand that I'm not going to win victory fleshly but I'm going to win it spiritually you ever I've never had a thorn in my flesh but I have had plenty of splinter in my flesh and I looked down at that splinter and when I was a kid 
I used to look down at those splinters and I just, I'd flick at them hope, hoping they would come out. Because anybody know what I'm talking about that there is no greater struggle than getting a splinter out of the finger of your six-year-old child. There, there is no greater struggle. You would think you are giving them a tonsillectomy without anesthesia. And they'll go and they'll slide on bases. They'll slide on bases. They'll run around with friends. They'll wrestle around. But if they get a teeny tiny little splinter in their finger, all heck breaks loose. I used to flick at those splinters. Try to get them out. Because if I could get that splinter out, then mom wasn't going to have to break out the needle to work it out. And I would stand and I would, I mean, it would just literally, I would scream and I would cry. Our landlady had this 100-year-old rake in our backyard. Her name was Josephine. When you were out back, she always happened to have to wash her dishes at the kitchen so she could see you out the window. But she had this rake. I, I don't get why she kept it. The thing was older than Moses. But I would learn, I would grab that rake and guarantee just about every time I'd grab that rake, I would get a splinter. And my mom would have to go and dig into my skin and pull out that splinter. And I would scream and I would cry. But she'd hold my hand so tight, she said, Micah, if I don't get this out of here, you're going to get an infection. And she said, then your hand's going to fall off. <laughs> have to pull that... Let me tell you, when we truly let the Lord begin to work upon things and matters of the heart and things that have weighed us down, for it, it is not a fun process. I mean, literally, it is, it is not a fun process. The, sometimes I read the Apostle Paul's writings and I think of a great, grand, glorious church service happening. And then all of a sudden, bam, something happens. A thorn hits the flesh. And I want the Lord to just take that thorn and rip it away. And I want him just to get rid of it. Can I tell you something? The things that have happened beforehand and in the past, we can't erase them. We can't take a Holy Ghost eraser and just wipe them completely away. We can only be cleansed and forgiven of them. But the stories of the past 
can be used to glorify God in the highest of magnitudes. What is he doing with our thorns in the flesh? He's creating his stories of grace and favor. He's creating stories that we can tell the lost about Jesus. He's creating these stories of change and transformation. He may not completely take away the thorn but he will give us the understanding of his favor and power that through him we can overcome the thorn. It's not a fun process sometimes. It's not. But let me tell you right now, saints of God, that you will see his favor work in such a high magnitude in such levels, unexplained levels, is when we begin to say, God, I'm weak, but your grace is sufficient. I'm weak, but your grace is sufficient. God, I'm unable, but your grace is sufficient. I'm brokenhearted, but your grace is sufficient. I'm grieving, but your grace is sufficient. I'm, I'm in financial turmoil, but your grace is sufficient. Mm, my, God. my children are not saved, but your grace is sufficient. It's through every storm I realize the sufficiency of his grace. Hallelujah. Can we take a moment, just lift up our hands and glorify the Lord. Hallelujah. Noah, would you just go ahead and come to this music right now? I, I, I want us just to take a moment and lift up our hands and glorify the Lord. Father, we, we glorify you and we praise you right now for the fact that you're going to release your favor through the time and the, your power through dealing with the thorns and, and the things that we're unable to handle and take care of and the things that, God, you, you, you just want to reveal your power power through us Lord in these moments and times of the thorn in the flesh oh but God right now I pray in the name of Jesus against all the festering that the enemy is trying to cause I come against all the festering and infection that the enemy is trying to overwhelm with and trying to weigh down with I come against that in the name of Jesus Christ I come against it in the name of Jesus Christ. Right now, God. Right now, God. Right now, God. We decree. We believe, God. Your grace is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient. In Jesus' name. Your grace is sufficient. Would you just stand to your feet with us right now? Jesus. I wonder right now, is there anybody that would say, Pastor Micah, I just, I need right now that, that revelation of that 
sufficient grace. Maybe I'm facing something. Maybe I'm going through something. Maybe I'm, anybody else say right now, I, I need a revelation of that, of that sufficient grace. I don't want the infection to settle in, but I want to believe that God is going to begin to pour out his favor upon me. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, Lord, and we believe, God, that your sufficient grace would be revealed to those who say, Father, I don't want the thorn in the flesh to conquer me. It may deplete me, but God, when I'm depleted, you're going to fill me. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I wonder tonight, as while our praise team is playing,